Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Odin's Movie Blog. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy Saturday to every person out there. Hope everyone had a very merry and blessed Christmas, and glad to have you all back for our last and final live stream of 2019, uh, because I'm not going to be streaming on Tuesday since last time I checked. I believe that is New Year's Eve, so tonight will indeed be the last official live stream of 2019. Barring me doing some random early streams that I don't know about yet and keep my Valkyrie constantly guessing about whether I will or not. But hello to everyone out there. We got Captain Mr. Peabody. Thank you very much for subscribing over on DLive. I appreciate it very much. Phonemo is here as well. We got a bunch of people in the YouTube chat already. We got Teresa Martin, Peter Han, uh, GMuggy76, Bruce, Rhinos, Youth. Uh, we got Keck44, Tommy. Uh, we also got Hologram Nunchek, uh, Michael P. Shipley, Tina is here as well. Mr. Peabody is in that chat as well. At a step of reality, we got Sherry Allen. We've got Force Ghost Jeremy. We've got Slicer Neons as well. And we've got Alexander uh, Vita Koch, Ko Kovic, Kovic, Peter Kovic. I think that's how you say that name. Uh, Tehillim29, how is it going? How is it going indeed? Serbian Terminator is in here. Alex McCarthy Jr. is here as well. Alex McCarthy says, howdy, Odin. How's it going? I am Kevin McAllister till New Year's Day. Well, that sounds like a pretty damn good time. <laughs> uh, we got Dory DeHobbit in the chat. Aiden Vickery is in the chat as well. Uh, who else? We got Moira. Kitty, how's it going, Moira? Uh, Serbian Terminator, happy holidays. Odin, Merry Christmas to you, good sir. It's still the Christmas season for me, so continue the Merry Christmas blessings around here. We got Larry Larry in the chat, Soul Assassin. Lily Patton is here as well. How is everyone doing? Hope everyone is doing just fantastic. Captain, Mc Captain Mr. Peabody says, nothing like that soggy grill. Mm, the soggy grill phone Nemo's talking about because it says he needs to stop raining so he can grill his food. Well, some soggy food sometimes is exactly what the doctor ordered, it seems. But hope everyone is doing well. Talking, of course, about the Skywalker box office, the Rise of Skywalker box office, and how it's doing better than what many of us had expected it to. It's funny that people are claiming that we're spinning numbers and that we're, you know, trying to spin a narrative when all we're doing is reporting on what the numbers actually say, which is that, hey, the film's doing well so far. Still has a long way to go, though. That's just a fact of reality. It still has a lot of money it needs to make before it's even profitable or even broken even at this point in time. And that's not spinning, that's just being honest. Now, is it likely going to hit that point? Again, if the trends continue, then yeah, absolutely. But there's still a chance that the trends won't continue. There's still a chance that the numbers will drop off because even though Rotten Tomatoes might say one thing, even though CinemaScore might say one thing, all I know is that I've talked to a lot of people, not just Phantom Menace types, but a lot of people in general who just don't think the movie's very good and have not really been recommending it to others. Of course, are there people that love the movie and are recommending it? Absolutely. You have people on both sides, but because there does seem to be a pretty decently sized contingency of people saying, yeah, this movie sucks, and not just because it's not a good Star Wars movie, but because it's not a good movie in general, I'm sorry, but let's just be honest here, right? That That's what it's always been about for me, is trying to be open and honest about things going on. It's amazing how there are people on YouTube and on Twitter that are claiming that I'm saying things that I don't say, that are claiming Jeremy has said things that he's never said, and claiming that a lot of us in The Phantom Menace have somehow said or done things that just aren't provable, that just aren't factual. And then when they claim to have so-called evidence or receipts, 
all they do is continue to prove our point or take us out of context. It's truly amazing. It's truly amazing to be where we are right now in this crazy, crazy world. Tina, thank you very much for letting them know how to contact me. Ward Gaming, how is it going? And Tina is indeed pointing out that if you have a comment or a question, just type in Odin question, all one word. It'll highlight orange on my screen, and then I'll know you're trying to get my attention. John Early says, I've got you playing on three devices, all father. My Switch lights. I'm casting you onto my 24-inch Insignia Roku TV via my Motorola Moto E5 Play. That's a lot of information and a lot of tech. Sounds like Christmas was very nice to you, John. Uh, Dora DeHobbit says, Little Women was pretty good. 1917, the hype is real. Glad to hear that about 1917. I have no real interest to see uh, Little Women because... Obviously, I'm a misogynist based on what people say about me, but in all honesty, it's because the the trailer just doesn't seem like my type of film, and I don't like Greta Gerwig. I don't think she's a good actress. I don't think she's a good director or writer. Again, Lady Bird I was a very overrated film, uh, and that's the film that she did, I want to say, last year, two years ago. So I have no I have no desire to see it. Um, but if it's a movie that's going to be doing pretty well or get some no- getting nominations, I might try to find a way to go see it. I don't plan on giving her my money, though, if you catch my drift. Allegedly, of course. Always allegedly. Uh, let's see. Serbian Terminator says, Are you a fan of Stephen King's novels? I'm not much of a reader, to be perfectly honest. I do like some stories that have been adapted from Stephen King novels, uh, but that's about all that I can really say at this time. Tina says, I was having a lovely day watching a Lord of the Rings marathon, and during Return of the King, TNT ruined my day by showing a Rise of Skywalker. It's the number one movie in the world ad. Don't interrupt the great. Yes, indeed. Don't interrupt Tina's time. Don't interrupt her time. She's trying to enjoy some of the greatest films in cinematic history, and then you show a trailer for one of the worst films, objectively speaking, in cinematic history as well, not to mention in Star Wars history. <laughs> that's that's an entirely different category. Uh, Rhinos you says, I have to ask this one last time. In 2019, Odin, have you seen Trading Places or 48 Hours yet? No, I do not, uh, but I've been already planning my week ahead because I have this upcoming week off from school, and my plan is to go see a bunch of films at the theater that I still need to watch. That way I can make my top 10, official top 10 list of 2019. I might actually have to wait because apparently 1917 is a great film, and I kind of want to see that before I make my official list, but... Again, I want to try and knock off as many films this week as I can. There's also a giant stack of movies I need to watch from my boy Bruce and some others that have been sent to me. And there's actually one new movie that I'm going to be covering in a video just to you know, mention it, that it was sent to me by Lionsgate called Judy, which I'm actually kind of excited for. This is definitely more of an Oscar-bait type film, but sometimes they're good. Renee Zellweger plays Judy Garland, and I don't know if Greta's watching this right now, but I don't know if you saw this, but let me know. It was not in theaters a very long time, but hey, they were very nice enough to send that my way, so I will definitely give that a look, so that way I can review that as well. So tons of things I need to watch this week, uh, obviously going to the theater, Bruce's films, and have to watch Judy as well. Uh, see, Peter Hand says, I have $20 for Christmas. Should I buy Unicorn Store DVD or go see The Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> neither, dude. Oh, neither. Absolutely not. I think you would be better served just going and buying like a like an AMC or a Regal pass. That way you can use it on any film in the future. Then you wasting your film on that nonsense. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't waste your money, Peter. Please. 
Uh, Alan Sparks, how's it going, bro? Slice of Neon says, avoided episode nine thus far. Slightly tempted to see Cats with my sister since she's defended the film, and I want her to admit I'm right, she's wrong. Hey, the only way that you can do that is seeing it with her and trying to point out to her specifically, all right, this is why the film is bad. Th- th- this is the problem with the film. This is why it, it, <laughs> it needs to be uh, addressed as such. So, yeah, I think that that's definitely something that, that you should do. Um, let us see. Let us see. Where are we in all of this? Uh, please smash the like button if you would please. Helps me out a lot. we got about 79 people watching according to that tab. So thank you very much for joining us tonight. I know there's a lot of people that are probably going to be streaming tonight. I know that my boy Uche is streaming tonight talking The Witcher, which is a fantastic series. So I know that some people are going to be over there for that. And I'm sure there's other people who are going to be randomly streaming on a Saturday night as well. So for you choosing to join us here in Asgard for our conversation about the Rise of Skywalker box office does really mean a lot to me. Nemo over on DLive says, I don't recall a single advertisement for Little Women. It basically is a very independent type feel to it. I don't think it was made. Actually, that's a lie. It was made for about $40 million. So it was actually not made cheaply. Uh, It was about $40 million or so. I have it in my handy dandy uh, breakdown of the box office. My Excel sheet that I've been talking about on several different videos so let's see. Little Women cost, yeah, cost $40 million to produce, meaning the total cost with marketing would have been around $60 million. And at, the, at this point in time, it's only made about $18 million. It's still very young, and it's, you know, it's still very much in its infancy as far as the box office goes, so it's too early to call it a flop. Uh, but it's still about $50 million in the red. So it's still about $50 million in the red or so. While The Rise of Skywalker, for those wondering, is currently $166 million in the red. Now, this is not taking take into account this weekend's numbers. Again, many people project that it'll get close to $700 million. In fact, one projection said it will reach $700 million by Sunday. However, many others are reporting that the Saturday numbers are coming in lower than this Friday, and the Sunday will likely come in lower than that, which tends to be the case, meaning that this film, especially if it continues to underperform in the foreign totals, which is, to me, I think the most interesting dynamic is how it's not outperforming other films in the foreign market in several major countries, that the film won't reach that $700 million range. And if that's the case, that means the film is looking at a barely billion-dollar film to a slightly above billion-dollar film with a max of around $1.2 billion. But again, I'll have that full breakdown on Geeks and Gamers, and I'll do a video for my channel, uh, for this channel as well. I'll do the full box office breakdown for Geeks and Gamers, and I'll focus specifically on The Rise of Skywalker for a video for this channel tomorrow as well. So that way, anyone that's interested in that information can get it as soon as it comes in. Aiden Vickery says, a, Just a gentle reminder, remember to big up the Raven Awards voting. Yeah, Aiden Vickery, thank you for reminding me. So I've been posting this on Twitter. I posted it also on the... Uh, I posted it also on the... Uh, social tab for YouTube. Uh, we're having, once again, our second annual. So now it'll be our second annual Wednesday Raven Awards. Hopefully you understand the innuisms and hopefully you understand the inside jokes for here in Asgard about why that's uh, relevant and why we do the Wednesday Raven Awards. But if you don't, again, you can just look it up. Uh, but it basically is an award show that we do here on this channel the same night as the Oscars. So we do an Oscars boycott where, hey, if you want to watch the Oscars, you're more than welcome to do so. If you don't care about the Oscars or you want to join the boycott, go right ahead and join us. We'll be doing our own awards where you get to vote for the nominees and eventually you get to vote for the winners as well. So that voting is currently live. You'll still have plenty of time in order to do so. So I'm going to go ahead and post that link over in the, uh, the D Live. 
chat. I will also post it into the YouTube chat as well. Uh, looks like we got uh, someone in the chat who is going bye-bye over on DLive. <laughs> Don't worry, people. I got him. I got him, boy. I got him. Anyway, let me just jump over here real quick. So here is the link posted right there. So if you want to vote, go ahead and check that link out. There are a lot of categories. So there's a lot of categories, a lot of things going on. So don't feel like you need to vote today. If you need to bookmark it and save it for later, it'll be up for at least a couple of weeks before we get our official tallies and eventually have our official nominees. Uh, very exciting. Also, on the OMB Reviews website, which you can find a link for in the description of the video, I recommend checking that out because I have a new tab there that actually gives you the entire list of winners and nominees from last year's Raven Awards as well. So if you weren't with us last year, you can see what movies got nominated, which movies won. And actually, every category is is ranked. So it's ranked by how many votes it had. And so it's one, two, three, four, five for most of the categories with the best picture category being about 10 movies ranked one through 10 from most votes to least votes. So again, if you want to check that out, I would recommend it and I appreciate it. Uh, Angel Cortez, thank you very much for the $2 super chat. Cats will be one of this year's biggest flops. There's no question about that. Uh, the fact is it is currently at this point in time, $131 million in the red. So Cats, as of this point in time, has made $19 million worldwide and therefore is $131 million in the red. However, however, there is a chance that it will not, that it will not be the highest or the biggest flop of the year because right now that award is given to Terminator Dark Fate, which is currently sitting at $126 million loss. So Dark Fate, $126 million loss. Gemini Man, also uh, over a hundred million dollar loss, hundred and two million dollar loss. Uh, Bombshell sitting right now at forty one million, but of course that movie has been that has that has just recently come out, so that number will probably drop. Spy in the Skies is not doing very well right now either, so right now that's sitting at negative one fifty eight, but that will again lessen over time because that just came out. Little Women's at negative forty nine, Cats is at negative one thirty one, which probably won't change too much, and Rise of Skywalker is at negative one sixty six. But I'm guaranteeing you, the Rise of Skywalker, even if it underperforms, will be a small box office bomb. At best, I guess you could say, for those that want us to want it to bomb, I don't think it's going to bomb, though. Some people are going to take that out of context and say, oh, Odin's saying it's not going to bomb. <laughs> I'm going to go into the comments section when it does well and then totally mock him. Great. Good, good for you, man. But I never said that. I said that there's a chance. Uh, my lead up to the Rise of Skywalker box office starting, I said, there is a world where this film does very well because the normies show up for it, which seems to be the case right now. And I said, there's a world where it doesn't. And I feel like we're probably going to get somewhat of a mix of those two worlds because it is doing relatively well right now. The question is, will it deliver today and tomorrow? And will it deliver next weekend and the following weekend? And again, going on and on and on. And I don't really know the answer to that question right now. I think there's a good chance that it won't. Uh, Alex says, Gary owned a comic book store. Now that is factual. That is very true. However, no one can prove it. He might claim to have owned a comic book store, but I have medutes. I have me dudes about that. <laughs> uh, I love him, though. He's cool. Uh, he's actually one of my, to be honest, I've mentioned this several times before. He is one of my favorite YouTubers currently. I try and watch his stuff as often as I possibly can. Uh, Celebrity, Jer Jer Celebrity Jeremy, thank you for the $2 super chat, says, here's some money for honest reviews and ratings. Well, Celebrity Jeremy, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. And if that's a reference to the OMB review site, thank you very much, man. Uh, I would say it's it's decent for being completely free. <laughs> it's decent for doing it on zero budget and just putting in time. 
And uh, yeah, I'm proud of what I was able to do with Excel sheets. That's, that's, you know, it doesn't look pretty, definitely doesn't look pretty, but for what I was able to do with Excel sheets and getting a live update, I don't know. I think that's pretty cool because I could have made a very pretty looking graphic, but it wouldn't have a live update to it. I wanted to have that feature of every time you refresh the page, if someone else has voted, it gives you a live update. Every time I update the box office, it gives you a live update. And right now, what I have at the website is pretty much all that it has at this point. Um, is all I can do at this point, rather. All right, let's see. John Early says, I've been wondering if you remember where you were on 9-11. That's a very... John Early, I've noticed this trend a lot on many of the streams where you just throw out random questions that are not even close to being on topic. So I'm just going to shoulder that question because... I don't really want to talk about that tonight because that's not relevant relevant to our discussion. So just try and tighten that up a little bit, man, because I know that sometimes we talk about a lot of different things a lot of different time, but that's something that's completely not even close to what we're talking about today. Uh, Larry Larry says, Valkyries are present. Yes, indeed. Tina and Steph are here. Hello, Tina and Steph. Sasha Neon says, would you be willing to watch Trading Hours and 48 Places then? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely would be willing to watch that. Uh, Serbian Terminator, I'd rather watch Doctor Sleep on my phone in the theater than see Star Wars in that theater. Wait, on the phone in the theater than Star Wars in the theater? So you would go to a Rise of Skywalker screening just so that you could watch a different movie on your phone? Is that what you're trying to say? That's, an, that's, that, that's a bold strategy. <laughs> that's a bold strategy. Daniel Pickering says, I have a gaming channel. I get asked to do reviews of films and TV. Do you think it would be a bad idea? I don't want to attract a load of haters to my channel. Well, if you're a gaming channel, then I think that you might want to think about maybe starting a secondary channel for specifically films and television. However, if you want to make your channel into a all places of like nerdum kind of thing, where it's, hey, games, movies, TV, all the stuff, everything pop culture then it could be good. Basically, if you feel that you have as much passion about talking about movies and television as you do about gaming, go right ahead, man. Uh, you're going to get hate no matter what. You're going to get hate no matter what you do. Even if you are trying to be the person in the middle of everything, you're trying to you know please everybody, you're going to find haters of that. Don't be that person, though. Again, be yourself. Don't just change who you are because you're trying to appeal to the masses. Just, just be who you are, man. Uh, Dorita Hobbit says, your thoughts on Singapore censoring lesbo kissing in The Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, I heard about that. So for those that are not aware, uh, Singapore censors would not allow the uh, the lesbian kiss that was in The Rise of Skywalker. So therefore, Disney said, okay, well, we still want your money and we don't care about our... <laughs> We don't care about our standards, so we'll go ahead and cut that for you in the version that we'll send your way. I, I think that basically it just proves that Disney doesn't care about anything. Disney cares only about money, and they always like to go on these tangents about how they're so for inclusivity, and they care about these people, and they care about marginalized groups. But then they, when they have an actual chance to make a stand, when they have a chance to actually maybe try and bring about you know change, because... Yeah, you wouldn't think that a movie could do that, but imagine if you're a country and you're not being allowed to show the biggest movie of the year or what should be the biggest movie of the year because of your politics or because of, you know, your thought process. You know, I think that might wake some people up. I think that might be enough to, to sway some people to say, that's kind of ridiculous. Maybe we should move away from that. But instead, Disney said, no, we want that money. So we'll go ahead and change it to whatever it is that you want to do. Um, Kentucky boy. That's an 
interesting uh, concept. Hmm, yeah, this is a family show, bud. Uh, Phonemo, Ozark is a pretty damn good TV show. I, I've heard good things about Ozark. I've heard good things about it. Uh, Jordan Hobbits, got you already. Alex McCarthy, happy wife, happy life. But what if one's wife loves the rise of Skywalker while I hate it with a burning passion? Well, there's two things you can do that I would recommend. One, just have an honest discussion. Say, why did you like the movie? And then secondly, could you at least ask, did you at least recognize or can you at least accept that the film is objectively flawed because if someone subjectively likes something, even if it's bad, hey, I can at least respect them for being able to acknowledge, no, this is bad, but I still like it. But if they're going to try and argue that, no, 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 you're just wrong or, oh, it's all opinion, there's no objective truth, there's no objective reality, that's when there's a problem. And that's when you you, you might want to start, uh, you know, calling her out a little bit more. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Happy wife is happy life. So do whatever it is that you feel like you should and say. So the ends, choice between cats or the last Jedi with commentary by Ryan Johnson on Disney Plus. Pick your poison. Cats. Easily cats. At least I can find some random, like so bad it's good comedy in cats. Not so much with Last Jedi. It just it's depressing. <laughs> uh Lost Soldier 212. Great to see you, Lost Soldier, says, Who's on the shirt you're wearing? That's Jake Gyllenhaal. Steady hands. Steady hands. That would be Jake Gyllenhaal from the film Nightcrawler. It's one of John Flickinger's shirts. Uh, very, very cool YouTuber. I recommend you all check him out. Uh, let me try and change something because apparently. My autofocus is on, and I don't like that. I like it staying exactly where it is. There we go. That should be fixed. All right. Hardwick says he won't see your comment unless you highlight. Yes, exactly. Put Odin question. Uh, Tina, thank you very much for pointing out how that works. Uh, Cowboy TD, what are your thoughts on YouTubers with respectable followings showing spoilers from films, whether the movie is good or bad? Is it bad form? Well, it depends. I think it honestly depends. If someone is going out of their way, if I was a person that had access to spoilers and I said, oh, you don't want to know the spoilers, I'm going to show them to you, that's problematic. That's bad form. That, that's, that's the point where I'll call that person out every single day. But if you're just on your own personal Twitter page, you're on your own personal YouTube channel, and especially when it's a YouTube video, you mention the fact that you're going to be covering spoilers or you're talking about leaks, you're talking about this or that then I think if you're choosing to watch that video, that's on you. I don't think that's bad form on their part at all. Now, if you make a video lying and saying no spoilers and then you show spoilers, that's bad form, right? So I think that there's definitely a way to do all these things, if that makes any sense. Larry Larry says, does Odin question work for asking Odin a question? Yes, Larry Larry, it does. And you said you said that twice. <laughs> uh, Angel Cortez, thank you for the $5 super chat, says, if you had to watch one of these movies again, which one would you choose? Terminator, Dark Fates, Rise of Skywalker, or Lion King 2019. Well, I never saw Dark Fates because I had just heard so many bad things about it that I kept dragging my feet and never went to go see it. So out of Skywalker or Lion King, I would much rather watch Lion King again because even though it's a soulless mess, at, at least it, it kind of looks nice. At least some of the visuals are kind of nice to look at. The world that's built, not really the character design because, yeah, it might look like an actual lion, but it's just uncanny valley. Just no, it just doesn't work. I still like the visuals of Lion King as far as the world that's being built more so. So that would be my answer to that. I wouldn't be happy about it as, as I wouldn't be happy watching any of those movies. But yeah. Hardwick says, if we had, if you had a pet, if you had a pet pterodactyl egg, what would be a correct name to give it? Hint, there's only one correct answer and it starts with a silent P. 
pterodactyl. Hardwick, the correct answer is Terry Hatcher. Okay. <laughs> Gmoney76, I love Oscar. Please don't tell me Sesame Street went woke and Cookie Monster doesn't eat cookies. Well, Gmoney76, I hate to tell you that, but they did that a while ago. They made him into Apple Monster, and it got such bad response, they ended up making him a more balanced Cookie Monster. Uh, I just watched an episode the other day because uh, uh, my, my niece, and nephew, ne- niece and nephew were watching it. And it was one where he was making a smoothie of sorts. So, <laughs> oh, Lordy Lord. Uh, Larry, Larry, where's a list of uh, 2019 films to refresh our memory for the survey? Uh, there is no list because I figure most people can do just a quick Google search on films that came out in 2019. Wikipedia is probably the best source. So look up film in 2019. And one of the first options should be a giant list of broken down by month all the films that had theatrical releases in uh, 2019. I think also you'll have the Netflix releases on there as well. But yeah, that's what I'd recommend. Terminator says, sorry to change the subject, but what is the box office of Dr. Sleep? And is it good or average? I don't think I was able to get that into my... uh, So let me go ahead and just... uh, Let me break this down. Let me break this down for just a second. I need to look that up. So Dr. Sleep, I don't think... It was very good. In fact, I think it may have even flopped. Yeah, it made $71 million on a $45 million budget, meaning that the film cost roughly about $67 million to make. Uh, yeah, that lost money because it only gets about 60% of the $71 million that it made. So, yeah, you're looking at about a, what, $30 million loss or so. So not crazy. It might be able to make that up in Blu-ray DVD sales or maybe on streaming services, like if it's getting put on HBO or television or anything like that. But box office-wise, it did not do well. And it's sad because I genuinely liked that film. Uh, I thought the, the ending wasn't very good, but for the most part, I thought it was a, a pretty solid film. Um, let us see. Alex Carthy says, Cats is going to bomb, but I heard it was Jellicle. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, Jellicle cats in a Jellicle way. Jellicle cats. I, Lord, I don't know why that musical ever came into existence. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, Cobra Viper 999. What movie are you most looking forward to next year? As of right now, Top Gun 2. Top Gun 2 looks pretty solid. I know there's some controversy because they edited some of the uniform and it looks like they're kowtowing to China and things like that. And those are all valid. Those are all valid concerns. Doesn't change the fact that they're putting these cameras, these IMAX quality cameras into a freaking fighter jet that Tom Cruise, an actor, is actually flying. The others aren't. The others are in the back seat. But I'm sorry, just cameras surrounding an actor flying an actual jet doing all this crazy stuff, I'm going to go see that. For the visuals alone, I don't need to know anything else about that film to know that it's going to look beautiful. But luckily I do know that it's the same guy that directed a film called, oh my goodness, another film with Tom Cruise. Um, Why am I blanking out on this film? Why am I blanking out on this crew? (laughs) Let me look up. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise movies. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, I hate when that happens to me, but I got to know. Oblivion. Uh, So the same director of Oblivion, which to me is one of the most beautiful-looking films that came out of its year, um, is doing this film. And the the same cinematographer is doing it as well. So I'm very much looking forward to that. All righty. Um... 
Harwick says, have you seen the new fan film Kenobi starring Jamie Costa as Obi-Wan? It even features James Arnold Taylor, Obi-Wan's voice from the Clone Wars as an Imperial captain. I did not know that was the voice of Obi-Wan from the Clone Wars series. Wow. I have seen it. Yes. And it's solid. It's solid. It, It just amazes me that a fan film project can look as good as something done by Lucasfilm. And knowing just how much more limited they are by budget and what they can actually do... It was great. And Jamie Costa, that dude does so many great impersonations. And uh, his voice work for it was fantastic. So, yeah, I have seen it. Definitely recommend it. It's for free on YouTube. Recommend everyone goes check it goes and checks it out. Uh, Dory to Hobbit says, when are you dropping your best movies list of 2010's decade? I don't really plan on doing that, to be honest. I know some people might be dropping those. But for me, I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm a year by year person. If I try to make it by decade, I would be driving myself insane. And uh, I only really have official lists dating back so many years. And that would just require me to do a lot more digging than I'm <laughs> prepared to do at this point. Uh, Shock Jock Productions. Going to see Cats in a Bit, Odin. Wish me luck. Good luck to you, good sir. You, you're going to need it to stay sane. Uh, Phantom Anise. Anytime stars and or reporters gather in large numbers, at least one person will do Orange Man bad at least once. The Oscars probably won't be an exception. Or am I wrong? No, you're, you're not wrong. Every year so far since 2016, there has been at least one person that has made some comment about it. Uh, I heard last year wasn't nearly as political. It was still political. From time to time, but not nearly as bad as it had been previously. Maybe they realized that their numbers were dropping so tremendously that they they just didn't want to push any more people away. Um, But yeah, that's, I think, the reason why, one of the many reasons why I just stopped watching was because I was tired of it. I was tired of being preached to, and I just knew things were going to get worse. Because if even on off nights they're going crazy over this stuff... I can only imagine what it would be in other times, you know, and especially a time like that where they're all together in the same place. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, 70B sees me. Uh, Mr. Beebody over on DLive says they wanted me to do all the flying for Top Gun 2, but they insisted I wear a helmet. I had to decline as it would cause helmet hair. And yes, no one wants to see Peabody with helmet hair because his hair is glorious. If you've never seen his hair, it is absolutely spectacular. And no one wants to see helmet hair. Absolutely right. Uh, Will Gentry, how's it going over on the D-Live? I appreciate you being here. Uh, Happy Dinosaur 8000. Happy day to you, Odin. What was your favorite movie this year? At this point in time, Joker is at my number one slot. If you want to follow my list in real time as I watch movies and movies might get added or moved or shifted, I have a letterboxed account. You can find the description or the link for that in the description of the video. And I have currently, I think, 14 films in my top of the year. The last one, of course, is a joke because it's the worst, one of the worst films objectively of the year, but I loved it. It's, it's one of those, it's so bad, it's good. And so it has to be in my list, uh, but it's not going to be my top 10 <laughs> as much as I would like to put it there. But yeah, right now, Joker, Parasite is up there in the discussion for best film of the year as well. I kind of want to see Parasite one more time, though. Uh, Hardwick says, 2018 was a crazy year. A Transformers movie was better than a Sherlock Holmes movie, and there was an Aquaman movie with Julie Andrews and a Mary Poppins movie without her. That's a, that's a very good point. That's an interesting concept. Uh, Sizer says, I'm on a couch with my puppies. They really like, <laughs> they really, really like licking. Well, that's what kind of what puppies do. That's kind of what puppies do, man. Uh, Darth Merle, good evening. I must say, aside from Rogue One, I really like Rebels. I personally feel that it's underappreciated. Great characters, sad Disney ended it. I'm, I'm right there with you. 
Uh, I always have to give a shout out to Laura Ryan stole my fan fiction story because uh, she was the one that sent me the entire series for Rebels, and I loved it. Fell in love with it very easily, and the characters are indeed great. I know that Ryan RK Outpost hates it because he's such an EU guy through and through, and he doesn't like the choices that Dave Filoni made. Uh, playing around with certain things that were a certain way in the lore, certain way in the EU, and now, of course, they're part of the canon. But I liked it. I, again, because of strong characters, because it was not just a kid's show. Uh, it was more of a family show, which is what the movies have always been. The movies have always been family movies. You know, Everyone in the family can enjoy some aspect of it. The problem with Disney nowadays is it's trying to become this, with it, at least with it comes like Star Wars Resistance, that is trying to be a kid's show. And it's never meant to be just for kids. It's always been meant to be more for the family. And sadly, they just have not been able to translate translate that in the animated series. And I'm hoping that we get more of the family-oriented content from Clone Wars Season 7 and not the Resistance crap that we've been getting. Uh, Happy Dinosaur, thank you very much for that comment. Oh, wait, hold on. He says, uh, what is your favorite So Bad It's Good movie of all time? The Room. Uh, the Room is fantastic. Tom Wiseau made a classic, a new cult classic, hilarious film. If I'm going to add to a newer film, I would say The Fanatic. Uh, <laughs> that film is just, oh my goodness, it's it's insane. It is absolutely insane. John Travolta, in the role of his career, need I say more. Greta's here. Hello there, Odin and company. Hello, Greta. I don't know if you were here when I talked about it, but... Uh, Lionsgate sent me a copy of Judy. Let me know if you saw this film because I'm going to have to watch that and do a review of it for the channel. Um, but let me know your thoughts. Uh, the Shepherd, what do you think of Disney changing BBY to BSI and Kathleen Kennedy talking about fixing Star Wars? Well, I heard about the change that they made um, about no longer, apparently, and this is now canon, uh, from what I hear from uh, Lethal Lightning and RK Outpost, that now no longer will things be referred to as before the Battle of Yavin, BBY, that's what that's always stood for, and now it's going to be changed to something else. I don't know exactly what BSI stands for, though. I, have, I, don't think I, ever, I don't think I read into it that far, because I got to BBY doesn't count anymore, and I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> it's like, that's stupid. <laughs> so I think that whole change is stupid, because to me, um, and I know Lethal said this, and Ryan said this as well. It's a giant middle finger to EU people. It's a giant middle finger to them because that's been a part of the EU for so long of always being the reference point. And to me, this is so small and petty of Disney to do this that it just it seems like they're asking for controversy. It seems like they're asking for people to be mad. So yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that I think that's a or rather I I think it's a terrible decision by them, and I think it's a giant middle finger to the EU community. And Kathleen Kennedy talking about fixing Star Wars, she doesn't know how to fix Star Wars because this is the same woman that said we had no source material. Uh, you know, she's already been caught lying about not having source material, and based on what we got with Episode Nine, she obviously had no direction for this trilogy. So all she's shown is that she's incompetent when it comes to uh, consistent storytelling. She obviously is hard to work with, seeing that so many directors either quit or were fired during the process of this trilogy. So, yeah, you know... I. Her facing Star Wars is like someone that got a D rating <laughs> at a restaurant, meaning they should close, trying to then open up a fancy restaurant with the same staff, the same kitchen, everything else. Nothing changing except the name. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Uh, Captain Peabody over on DLive. Can't believe they did Dr. Doolittle again. Yes, they have. Uh, Dr. Doolittle is being redone with Robert Downey Jr. And let me just put it this way. January is where films go to die. This has been a well-known thing for a long time now. 
with anyone that follows film in the box office. January is where films go to die. And uh, the fact that Doolittle's coming out in January, I think, speaks volumes. Uh, Phonemo says, BSI probably stands for BS Idea. Yeah, you know what? I I will go with that one. <laughs> I will go with that one, good sir. Uh, Harwick, Old Deuteronomy and Cats is traditionally male, but was played by Dame Judi Dench in the new role. In a recent interview, she said she sees her version as a transgender cat. No, really? Not Dame Judi Dench. I thought she was above that nonsense. That just upsets me. Uh, John Early says, I've tried to pirate Skywalker, allegedly, but it couldn't bring myself to watch it. The last film I've seen in theaters is Joker, and you know what? Joker is a great film <laughs> to be the last film you watched. It's one of the best films of the year. I think it's going to get totally panned and ignored by a lot of uh, critics and a lot of people, sadly, and I'm really <laughs> hoping that it gets more attention. I really am. That'd be really great. And River, I know you're upset. Uh, I think I think Freya is currently cooking up something because uh, something smells pretty delicious. And she is very jealous. She wants to be a part of the action on that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kessigan C., what's your favorite thriller film? Uh, favorite thriller film, do you mean of all time? Or do you mean recently of all time? I'd probably put films like Psycho up there. Very, very good thriller film. And I'm sure there's others that I'm just blanking out on right now. Uh, Man of Martin, thank you very much for the $10 super chat. Very generous, sir. Thank you. Says, I'm a bibliophile. The Witcher show got me a new book series. Just finished The Last Wish. I'm impressed with the additions to the books and accuracy to the books. Any thoughts? Yeah, I'm not a bibliophile. I'm not much of a reader when it comes to books. But I did watch The Witcher, and I thought The Witcher was a solid show. Other than the un... And I know everyone's going to say it's a part of the games. It's a shout to the games. It's a reference to the games. But I don't like unnecessary nudity. I'm just against it. And that's not just because I have to say that because I'm a religion teacher. It's because that's what I honestly believe. I don't think it serves a purpose. I don't think it serves anything. I think it detracts away from the storytelling. And literally, if you... like, And the way I know that is, if you take that out, do you still have a good movie? And the answer is, if the answer is yes, then you don't need it. If the answer is no, it means you have a terrible story that's not worth telling in the first place if you need to have that kind of stuff in there. Um, But other than that, it's a very well-written show. Uh, The character development's great. Takes its time, doesn't rush through things. There's not really a weak episode among them. There's weak parts, but there's not really weak episodes. And so, yeah, overall, it's great. And I've heard from a lot of people that are fans of the book and are fans of the game 